As a facilitator, it's very exhaustive to run the whole day. How do you manage your energy? Hi, my name is Peter Kofler. I'm the code cop. Obviously, I'm fanatic about clean code, and for many years I tried hard to develop quality software. Eventually, I had to change my motto to developing quality software developers. In this podcast, I will answer questions about facilitation, hosting, and participation of coded reads, or any kind of hands-on session in general. If you have any questions regarding your coded read, please send me an email or leave a comment. As I said in the beginning of this episode, as a facilitator, it is very exhausting to support participants for 45 minutes during the session, then do a 10-minute retrospective, and then have a 5-minute break before you start to explain the next constraint. So how do we manage our energy? And also, the break is not really a break. Someone will ask you a question, or something will need to be fixed, or someone will approach you, or you will uh, just have a chat. So yes, it is very exhausting to run a code retreat. Expect it to be exhausting. Plan for it. Depending on your style, see episode 5, uh, facilitation styles, you do not have to be super active in general. So you can choose to be less active, which is preserving some energy. Uh, you can uh, walk around a lot, or you can walk around only little. Keep that in mind. According to Alex Borboaka, there is uh, 7 minutes into the session, you can take a break for around 15 minutes. Because seven minutes into the session, people have figured out their setup, uh, they ask their initial questions, and they start working. But it didn't produce much till now. So there is this window that you can uh, take a break. I usually take this time to go to the toilet, or uh, prepare something, maybe send some tweets during the global day. So it's a uh, time when you actually can have a break. Further, in the morning, like in the beginning of the code retreat, you will have to support more and in the afternoon you have to support less. Because people know what's going on, uh, it's their fourth, fifth, sixth session, they know what to do, what's expected, so they need less support. So it's also okay to slow down in the afternoon and depending on your energy, support them less, be less active, walk around less. Also, as I said, it's okay to be tired, uh, plan for it. If you're tired, take a break. Like during the session, take a break, especially in the afternoon. There's no point in killing yourself. When I need a break, I leave the room. It could be uh, like at the seven minutes uh, spot, could be later, could be shortly before the end of the session. Doesn't matter, then I come back when the session is finished. Pair facilitation also helps to preserve energy and you also learn a lot from the other facilitator. So whenever possible, try to have a second facilitator. See episode 3 of the podcast to learn more about the benefits of pair facilitation. If there is no other facilitator, maybe a participant wants to step up for a session. So ask around, maybe let her talk and just observe to save energy perfectly fine and we always need to look for the next generation of facilitators and kind of nudge people into it. This is particularly easy for retrospectives later during the day. Ask like who would like to run the retrospective of the last session? If you ran all your retrospective in a similar way, it's particularly easy for a participant to mimic your behavior. 
This works very well on the fifth and sixth session when people already have witnessed several retrospectives and they know what's expected. One of the usual questions I'm asked in almost every CodeRead facilitation training is for activities to help switch pairs. Now that might be to make people pair who are not pairing or it might be how to pair juniors with seniors or um, uh, different reasons uh, for such activities. But the first answer is you cannot force anybody to do anything. If someone doesn't want to do anything, then he or she doesn't want to and yeah, I will stop bothering this person. Besides that, I think the first part is to remind senior developers that it's also their responsibility to teach and help juniors. Sometimes senior developers only want to work with senior developers because they want to learn from them. That's fine, but they also have to work with junior developers. So when I remind senior developers of their responsibility for teaching, some of them will also um, agree to pair with junior developers. One nice trick uh, I learned from Martin Klose is to ask the people to line up uh, by their skills, so uh, like the super experienced TDD uh, practitioner is in the very end of the row and the super beginner who just uh, learned uh, coding is in the beginning of the row and this is also interesting in a social aspect because people have to talk to each other and figure out who is on which level and where to put him or herself so you have all the people in a line, straight line and then surprise you fold the line so it's the most experienced with work will work with the most junior one and this is also a fun thing but it's very interesting creating these pairs of seniors with juniors i have this in almost all college reads and it's really great so when i see that the, the mixture of people doing tdd and the people of doing not tdd is is like there's a separation of groups i go for this trick from martin in individual situations, like if individuals have problems and can't find a proper pairing partner, I would, uh, before people go for the pairing themselves, like ask a group if someone is willing to pair in like in Ruby, for example, and has the language ready. And maybe two or three people raise their hand and then I can like select or ask the person that was in uh, or had problems and couldn't find a pair to choose. I talked more in episode 15 about what I say when uh, people are forming pairs. Also, sometimes I'm looking for uh, suitable pairing partners during the sessions. So when I see that someone is, uh, or a pair is doing a good job in a certain language, and on the other hand, I see that a certain beginner is struggling, or uh, then I might uh, just tell this person, go to this other one, right? And in general, I'm reminding all people that uh, Coditry is a cooperative event and that also discussing uh, is a good way of learning. I think I talked more about that in episode 8, why do we pair program in the Coditry. That is all for this episode. I'm Peter Kofler and I wish you luck with your next Coditry or hands-on workshop. If you have any questions regarding your code retreat, 
please send me an email or leave a comment. I'm looking forward to hear from you how your event went. Coded reads are awesome. Let's have more of them.